Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Welcome, everyone, to our full year 2021 trading update. Um, I'm joined with Andy Beach, our uh, CFO. And as usual, uh, the normal format, I'll do a little bit of uh, intro. Andy will take us through the numbers and then we'll do a Q&A at the end. So what do we get going? It's been uh, an incredible year and we end the year with a record net fee performance, which is terrific. Before I go through the details, I think it's probably worth starting at the bottom of this slide, given current events and the pandemic again raising its head. And I think worth noting that at S3, we laid out very early on in the pandemic our structure for actually managing the business through this uh, period. It was going to lay out in three specific phases. So the initial response back in the early days in, uh, in 2020, there'd then be this ongoing management phase, which we're currently in right now, that has high levels of volatility between you know, various strains of the virus uh, impacting life, things drifting away and then coming back. And it won't be until we get to uh, a solution to the underlying health crisis, which ultimately this is a public health crisis, that we'll get to the full recovery mode and back into whatever the next normal is. What's been incredible for S3 is that we've been able to continue to be resilient and adapt through this ongoing management phase. And we see that in the resilience of our people who have done an incredible job over the, over the last year. And as we focus on executing our strategy, their ability to execute and adapt within the current environment, regardless of the volatility, has been quite frankly outstanding. That combined with having the right strategy of being focused um, at the center of two long-term secular trends, that of increasing demand for STEM talent and the move towards more flexible ways of working really have underpinned the performance of the business. And we can see that as we exit the uh, 2021, where momentum has continued through the fourth quarter and we've generated a record net fee performance and actually in the fourth quarter, achieving S3's first ever 100 million net fee quarter, which is quite incredible and eclipses a record year, our last record year in 2019. So really terrific performance by all of the team and really highlighting the strength of the performance of the business overall. So with that, I will uh, pass on to Andy, who will take us through the numbers. So Andy. Great, well, thank you, Mark, and good morning, everyone. So let me start with the highlights. We've delivered another strong quarter with group net fees for Q4 up 25% on a constant currency basis. For the full year, we've delivered year-on-year -year growth of 19%. 2020 was significantly impacted by the pandemic, and for that reason, we've chosen to also present our performance versus 2019, which was before the pandemic. Compared to full year 2019, net fees are up 9%. Note that 2019 was a record year for the group, so to have delivered a performance ahead of that year is particularly pleasing. The contract business, which represents 75% of net fees, saw growth of 17% year-on-year and was up 9% compared to 2019. The permanent business, which represents 25% of net fees, grew by 24% year-on-year and 8% versus 2019. 
Turning now to the regional and sector split for the year. We have a well-balanced business, both geographically and by sector. On the two charts you see here, the outer ring represents full year 2021 and the inner ring represents 2020. The chart on the left shows that 97% of our net fees come from our top three regions. DAC represents 36% of the group, up from 34% last year, and this growth was largely driven by Germany. EMEA excluding DAC represents 36% of the group, down from 38% last year, despite a 9% increase in net fees. The growth here largely driven by the Netherlands. And the US represents 25% of the group, consistent with last year, but with a 24% growth in net fees. The chart on the right shows our strong and unique position providing STEM skills. Technology is our largest sector, and it grew by 23%, with strong performance across all markets. It represents 47% of our net fees for the year. And life sciences grew by 25%, driven largely by the US and Germany. It represents 24% of net fees. So turning now to each region in turn, starting with DAC. The region grew 24% year on year and 20% when compared to 2019. Germany, which represents over 90% of the region, grew by 23% year on year and 18% versus 2019. The growth is driven by two main sectors, technology with increased demand for infrastructure and open source software development roles, and life sciences with increased demand for laboratory staff and quality assurance roles. The EMEA excluding duck region grew 9% year on year, but was down 9% when compared to 2019. The Netherlands, which represents nearly half of the region, grew by 19% year on year and 7% versus 2019. The region as a whole is down compared to 2019 due to the UK performance, which, despite showing strong year-on-year -year growth, is not yet back to 2019 levels. However, for four consecutive quarters, the rate of decline in the UK versus 2019 has reduced. Q4 was only 1% behind the same quarter in 2019. The US grew 24% year-on-year and 26% versus 2019. The year-on-year -year growth in the region is driven by two main sectors, technology with increased demand for software development, Salesforce and mobile application skills, and life sciences with increased demand for quality assurance, biometric and clinical operations skills. And finally, the APAC region, which grew by 34% year-on-year, but was 1% lower than 2019. Japan, which represents over two-thirds of the region, grew by 27% year-on-year, but was 5% lower than 2019. This decline versus 2019 was simply due to a particularly strong third quarter in 2019 from our permanent business in Japan. The year-on-year -year growth is driven by the same two sectors as for the other regions, technology and life sciences. Finally, a look at our future visibility of the contract business and the strength of our balance sheets. The contractor order book represents the value of contracts written up to the contractual end date, assuming that all contracted hours are worked. We've seen further growth in the order book, up 43% versus the same time last year, and up 30% on the same time in 2019. Looking at the contract order book by region, DAC was up 34% versus last year, the US up 53%, and EMEA, excluding DAC, up 44%. Within the order book, the employed contractor model 
ECM was the main driver of that growth. We also have a strong balance sheet with net cash at the end of the year of 58 million, up since Q3 and an 8 million improvement since the same time last year. So to sum up, we are reporting a record trading performance for the year. We delivered strong growth in net fees across all our geographies. The contract order book continues to grow, giving us increased visibility of future revenues. And we have a healthy balance sheet position. Thank you. I'll now hand back to Mark. Thank you, Andy. So as you can see, uh, a really strong set of results there. And as we look forward, our full year performance is expected to be in line with recently upgraded um, consensus. As we've said, our strategy is absolutely the right one. And we see demand for STEM skills, particularly those in life sciences, technology and engineering, continue to grow as we head into the new economic future, certainly into next year and, and beyond which sets us up for long-term sustainable growth. As Andy highlighted, our contractor order book, which is a good forward-looking indicator, is up 43% year over year and provides us with excellent visibility into the future. And we expect to maintain the current levels of profitability whilst we still continue to focus on our infrastructure, talent acquisition, and our go-to-market propositions to make sure that we're serving both our clients and our candidates well and maximizing our opportunities for growth. And whilst the external environment continues to be volatile, as I said right at the outset, what we've done at S3 is make sure that we can operate our business regardless of the environment and serve our clients um, well through this incredible uh, time. So a good set of results. And uh, we'd be happy now to move on to take some questions. And we've got a question from Adrian Kiersey from Panama Gordon. Adrian, go ahead and ask your question. Uh, good morning, guys. A um, number of people in the sector have, have talked about a, consult, a consultant acquisition and how actually in certain regions it, it's been quite difficult to hire the right kind of, right kind of consultant uh, into, into the business. Would you be able to perhaps to talk about your experiences by geography and, and, the, and, and, and how that's evolving over time? Hi, thank you, uh, Adrian. Look, I, I think it's no no surprise. It's uh, it's a pretty hot labour market uh, out there, which is uh, really good for us um, on on one side, but obviously that provides some challenges in terms of making sure we get the right people into the business. We've made good progress, um, actually. Uh, in terms of increasing our consultant headcount and being able to do that. But there's no doubt we've got to make sure that we've got um, the right set of um, conditions, both in terms of the right kind of reward package, but even more so it's about, you know, the kind of company we are as a purpose-led organization. We've got the right kind of career um, for the, the, the right kind of people. And as we laid out in our Capital Markets Day ambitions, we've got a commitment to uh, continue to invest in learning and development. So all of those things combined, you know, really make it a pretty compelling uh, place for us to, to be a, as an employer. And you can see that in, you know, the likes of Germany, you know, we've won for, um, I think, the third or fourth year on the row, the best em employer in Mittelstand, for example, is a good highlight of how attractive we are. So we've increased our headcount um, year over year, and we've increased it you know, throughout um, this year, and we'll continue to invest there. But certainly within our core markets, you know, we're having to work hard, um, and we're being kept honest by other opportunities. 
largely outside of the industry uh, for the same kind of really exciting talent we want to come and have uh, at S3. But we are, we are making progress. Thanks very much, Mark. And we'll go to Andy Grobler at Credit Suisse. Good morning. Um, three from me, if I if I may. Firstly, um, kind of sticking with headcount, what are your uh, expectations in terms of growth for fiscal 22? Secondly, uh, what are you seeing in terms of wage inflation, uh, both, I guess, internally uh, and also externally with your with your candidates? And thirdly, just in terms of guidance, I know you, you mentioned this before, but your guidance, if I use consensus gross profit for, for next year, suggests kind of drop through rate to about 20%. So that's, that's roughly half of what has been generated um, by all of your larger quoted competitors. Why, why is that? Can you just talk through why there's, the, you know, a bit more isn't falling through to the bottom line, please? Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Andy. Why don't I take the uh, number two wage inflation and then I'll pass to Andy for for no, number number one and, and number three. So I think on, on wage inflation, um, certainly it's different in different parts of the market internally in terms of where we are. So in different parts of the world, that's impacting us differently. Um, it's We're able to keep up with that in terms of where we are. In terms of externally for the people that we um, place, um, of course, we know where that is, and it's pretty low um, single digit, I would say, in terms of in terms of the people we place. And of course, broadly, wage, in in wage inflation is actually good for us. But of course, we're not a good reflection of, you know, the whole of the market because obviously we we choose to operate in supply constrained markets. Um, and you know the talent that we place is pretty much in demand. So where we, where we operate, we are certainly seeing wage inflation. Um, on the whole, it's you know low single digits, but in certain spots and in certain skill sectors, it, it's it's pretty high. Um, Andy, do you want to take the uh, growth twenty two and the drop through as uh, yeah. Andy's number yeah. three question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So first question was headcount into twenty two. And we would certainly expect it to be double digit, Andy. So at least 10% growth from where we are at the end of FY21. Um, and then in terms of drop through in 22, you're, you're quite right. The drop through is anticipated to be lower in FY22. Um, we do signal it in the, in the Outlook comments. We are looking to invest some of that um, drop through into the business to help us deliver sustainable growth and help us towards our ambitions for the, as stated in the Capital Markets Day a couple of years ago, through to FY24. At the moment, um, we're, we're saying that's in our infrastructure, so technology to support our consultants and back office, and it's largely on a go-to-market strategies. Um, I expect that we'll give you a little more colour on those areas at our full year results in January. Thank, thank you. Just, so just, just on that, that, that uh, kind of incremental um, profitability that, that the others are saying you, you are at this stage are investing that into infrastructure yes. and technology. Yes. That, so, that's just still there's still a bit of is that just catch up that is that's needed. Yeah, it's part of the the strategy from our um, FY19 capital markets day. So it's kind of planned back then, but during COVID it has delayed it somewhat. So we're now going to be doing that across FY22 and 23. Okay, great. Thank you. And we'll go to Steve Wolf at Numis. Morning. I've got one left 
just in terms of when you are hiring now for a consultant out in the market and perhaps for your own existing consultants, um, are you finding you're having to change any of the sort of the the incentive packages in terms of fees for your guys or higher salaries? Or is it sort of broadly the same as, as where you've been given the sort of the tougher hiring market? And obviously we're, you know, we're all aware that there's a couple of recruiters um, trying to get consultants quite aggressively in terms of experience levels out there in the market. Thanks. Hi, Steve. Thanks uh, for that. Look, I think we've got a very competitive package. Um, as I said, it's it's the full package. And if, if we think of the bulk of the people that we hire are still graduates, generally, in their first or second role, and, and we train them, um, and they're looking for a, a complete um, set of, you know, offerings. So it's both, it's reward, it's, you know, what's their career development going to be like? What's the broader opportunity? What kind of company am I going to work for? Um, and also, what are the conditions working within within that organization? So we have, you know, a hybrid policy that allows us to be flexible to, to meet the, the market conditions. Um, we've got a great career for people. We invest in the learning development. And our reward package is certainly, you know, competitive um, broadly across the markets that, that we operate in. Uh, we keep under review on a constant basis, as you would imagine. Um, getting the right people into the organization and making sure we develop them is critical for the success of the business. Um, so we're very focused on that and we, we see ourselves as a very competitive and very attractive em employer in the marketplace. So uh, we're, we're comfortable with where we are um, moving forward. And that's um, obviously on the on the new recruit side. Are you finding it? I know you mentioned wage inflation uh, on consultant levels depends on the on the region. I'm thinking more also about you know the guys who are two, three, four years in. Um, you, have you found yourself trying to sort of tinker with that structure at all, or are you pretty confident to keep the same model um, moving forward? So we're pretty, as I said, we're pretty confident on the on the reward structure. It's always under review, so it's not like it's you know we we set it once and then we don't look at it. So we do look at it on a regular basis to make sure we're 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 matching what make what makes sense in the market and what's attractive uh, for people. But it's also about the other conditions and other you know benefits and the type of environment people are working in as well is important for those people, what their career progression is going to look like, particularly the longer they are in the organization. It's more about, you know, what's next to come and, you know, where's my career going as much as it is, what does the reward look like? So, yeah, we, we are very focused on making sure that not only are we attracting the right people, but we retain them for the, for the long term. And I think if you look at the tenure of our senior leaders in the organization, we have a pretty good track record of being able to do that. That's one of the strengths of S3, quite frankly. That's great. Thanks. Um, we've got a question from Ian Daly at Radnor. Thank you. Uh, two quick questions from me, if I may. Uh, firstly, on uh, engineering. Obviously, it's been a focus on the performance of tech and life sciences. Ron, if you might be able to give us a bit more colour as to what you've seen for the engineering side of a business uh, and how that sort of varied across markets and what's been driving that. Uh, the second one is just a quick one on the uh, balance sheets. Obviously, you've seen an increase in your net cash position, which suggests, given the net fee momentum in business, uh, quite an interesting outcome as far as working capital is concerned. Concerned, and the management of the desk books. Wondering, might be able to give us a bit more colour on that, please. 
Good. Why don't I take one, and then uh, Andy, Andy can take the uh, number two, if that's okay. Um, so, look, I think we've seen, you know, good strength in engineering um, across across the board. In the U.S., really um, increased in renewables as a as a core part of of our business. So you're seeing the energy complex change slightly in terms of where we're 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 seeing um, new engineering talent. Um, particularly in the expansion of wind and solar farms has driven a lot of our, our performance and continued good performance in the US in power utilities. In, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, we're also seeing good performance in engineering and um, largely in you know, process and manufacturing engineering, uh, driving a, a, lot of, a lot of the growth there. And that's both in life sciences and food and beverage, which use very similar skills um, across those two sectors. Um, and you know we're we're looking at you know good um, performance or stabilization in construction and other markets as well. So engineering is is a core part of our, our offering uh, across STEM, and we see you know real opportunity there, uh, particularly in the in the energy complex more broadly, as uh, as a lot of investment and in infrastructure uh, there uh, coming in in the in the next, in the coming years. Andy, do you want to take the question number two? Yeah, I will. So the question there is on cash um, and probably the uh, pleasant surprise that cash has increased by about 8 million when you would naturally expect on a business that's so heavily weighted towards contract that we'd have quite a significant negative uh, working capital outflow to service those um, new contractors. So that is a very good observation. Um, within that 8 million increase actually is a circa 20 million or so negative working capital outflow for exactly that reason on the contract so it is in there so we have seen quite an increase in our working capital however due to the underlying profitability of the business dropping through um, and also careful um, management of the the remaining of our working capital so in terms of debtor cash collection has been really strong and also management of our outflows and creditor payments as well so we we've managed our other working capital flows very well and the underlying profitability of the business has obscured positively obscured the um, negative outflow from the contractor working capital consumptive profile thank you and um, we'll go to sanjay vidyarthi from liberum um, morning yes yeah, just a couple of quick questions one in terms of the contract order book is there anything to say in terms of new business wins versus contract renewals but i'm assuming both equally strong but anything you can add um and second in terms of the exit rate on perm um is there anything to say on that um as it continued to be strong as well thank you so on yep. the contractor order book sanjay yeah it's quite simply it's all factors so it's um new business run rates are up rebook is up, shrinkage is down, and um, renewals are up. So actually, I can't pinpoint specifically, or I won't pinpoint specifically every single reason, but actually all, all metrics are really positive driving that contractor order book. As I said earlier, it's largely driven by the ECM side of the business, um, and there's a fair mix between value and length as well. So we're actually seeing an increase in um, the, the length of the average contract in that contract order book as well. So every single metric then help contribute to that growing is in a positive direction. Um, you asked about permanent exit rate. Actually, for a couple months, we've had exceptional new biz on the permanent side of the business. Um, 
some of the highest months we've had for, for the last two or three years. So the exit rate on burn, it's much shorter term, of course, because it, it, it comes and lands in a short space of time, unlike our contract business, which, which obviously lasts for several months. But actually, new business on perm has been very strong up to and including November. And finally, a question from Matthew Lloyd at HSBC. Could you give us some colour on exit growth rates, please? And he also adds, we'll be very sorry to see you go, Mark. Well, that's very kind of you, kind of you uh, Matthew. Um, and in terms of exit growth rates, I think the, the good, the best indicator of what that what that looks like for our net fees is certainly the contractor order book being up um, 43%. Is, uh, is the is the best forward-looking indicator. Now, it's not you know a direct correlation of one, one to the other um, because it's the value of all contracts written up to that point in time, but it gives you a good sense of the momentum going into to next year that were certainly set up very well um, in FY22. And as Andy's just said about the exit, by the exit rates for PERM, we're still seeing, you know, good strength in our permanent business as well, albeit that's a smaller part of our business. It's certainly very important as we think about the overall health. So I think on both sides, both contract um, and permanent, we've got good momentum going into 2022 that sets us up particularly well, which makes sense given the sectors we're in and the demand for the talent that we have. So really it's, you know, up to, up to us and the team to continue to execute the way they have done over the, over the last few years. Many thanks, Mark. And that's the end of questions. Do you have any closing remarks? Um, well, well, thanks, everyone, for our, our, our Q4. Um, uh, a terrific year. Again, I just want to thank the team at S3 for an incredible performance um, in, in 2021. As Andy noted, a record year beating 2019, which was, in fact, a record year uh, pre the, the, the current um, environment. And so really a, a great performance. And I'm sure the, the team in SD will be looking forward to seeing you all again for a full year um, uh, earnings update on Monday, 31st of January. But with that, thank you, everyone, and uh, have a good day. Thank you. Goodbye. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.